I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweetest spots where our fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I'm basking in golden hour here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Joining me on the other line, lounging in the satellite branch from scenic Hamilton, it's your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Hi. I am lounging today because I have old lady back pain. (laughs) Are you lounging so much or just <laughs> recombinant? I don't know. I it's sort of recumbent. this it's it's I'm in a position where I can I can often change positions if I put too much pressure on one part of my butt for too long. <laughs> like I'm getting a sit stand at my office because it's gotten that bad. You got to get you got to get a fancy Apple Watch like me where it yells at you if you haven't stood for a while. No, I don't need one because my back lets me know. <laughs> Before there was an Apple Watch, there was the lower back of a 30-plus woman. That's what there was. Wee! Giving you a little... Every time. Yep. Every time it was time to stand up. Friends, this is episode 312 of the Geek Down Podcast. If you would like to listen to any of our other 311 episodes, you just take yourself wherever you get your audio content. Be it Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, or Stitcher. Give us a little rate, review, follow, subscribe. How about some five stars? You got some stars lying around? You've got loose stars in your pocket. Why don't you give us five or thumbs? We'll take thumbs. I'll take a, I'll take a single thumb in an upward direction. Yeah. Or five of them stars you got sitting around. You're not doing anything with them. Just give them to us. And people like commenting on the internet. Comment on our thing. Be like, cool. One word. Great. People like commenting on the internet. They do. Wow. I never realized. Yeah. Friends, when you do any of those things, henceforth, you will never have to worry about getting new episodes of this program because they're going to be brought directly to your device from the back of a rainbow main alicorn named Philip by someone whose core strength is superb. And that's your man's. Chauncey Frostilicus III, geek down internet elf. Oh my God, girl. He's just been flitting through the trees for <laughs> millennia. And he's ripped. <laughs> Fucking shredded. Chanty <laughs> never skips leg day ever. Never, and he's always there to to spot you. I've <laughs> I've seen him. He never speaks to me, but we we just give a slight head nod. At the, I was about to say, does he gym. do the do? Does he do the dude nod? That sounds like that sounds like Chauncey. One one head tilt. He's got a he's got a ball cap on backwards. He just walks by. He's got a protein <laughs> shake. He's mixing up. Just and yet, the one little the one little sup on his way by. And yet. He's, he's a feminist, so don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> Totes is. <laughs> Friends, if you have short 10-second videos of the thunder snow you would like to share with us, you can get at us at twitter.com slash geekdownpod. Get up off Twitter. That is where the show lives on the social meds. The only place the show lives on the social meds, and perhaps the last place the show lives on the social meds. <laughs> the way they're going. Apparently, there's some Canadian Twitter thing. No, there's not. It, I, I heard about it, and I was really surprised. Yeah, no, manatee, not. something like that. What? It's a manatee. <laughs> you mean mastodon? Oh yeah, that's the one. Whatever. Jesus, what, that's what is they, that? 
I don't know. They, the thing, I don't know. Mastodon looked like a pain in the ass. It was basically Twitter, but it had enough things that made it a pain in the ass that, like, Linux bros would be into that I was like, fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> You're like, no, thank you. Everything's on a decentralized server. You have to pick a server you want to be on. But fuck the fuck off. No. <laughs> No, so, no. So the thing does exist, but it's not great. <laughs> and it's there was very another. Canadian. There was another one I signed. I signed the show up for. I can't remember what it was called, but I signed. I signed us up just to squat on the uh, on the at. Um, and then it was like, oh, the founders are like, you know, the sexual harassers or something. And I was like, womp womp. Well, there it goes. <sighs> Can people just stop ruining things for everybody else because they can't not grope somebody? Like, have some just self-control. Stop being trash. If Silicon Valley bros could stop being trash, the world would be a much, much, much different place. Friends, if you have uh, some spare dollars lying around that you don't want to donate to a seed capital fund for women in STEM, you want to toss it to us. You're a woman. You're STEM adjace. I'm STEM adjace. I'm education adjace. You're education. That's one of them, right? Or yeah. engineering? Well, th- that's, is the E education or engineering? It's engineering. But but I deal with a lot of engineers and and um, this is how people get funding from the government, right? They just make a bunch of shit up and then Basically. it sounds good. Okay. Um, but I definitely support uh, engineer, engineering education. So there we go. There you go. So you want to uh, throw your dollars towards uh, women in STEM adjacent programming like this show? ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod three dollars do your part yeah it's also so also so i can get more slush puppies or some or support pillow for your lower back yeah we got the lumbar chair now we've (laughs) stepping up to lumbar support pillow didn't you have a foam roller at one point why aren't you foam rolling i do have a foam roller i do foam roll (laughs) you don't know me you don't know my life Just full of foam rolling <laughs> all day, all night. Kids, that's what you come here for, isn't it? Two old white people yeah. talking about foam rolling. I think they probably, it's like a, it's like we're a interactive museum piece where it's like, <laughs> isn't this so quaint how people used to live? I think that's what we are. <laughs> Listen, I wrote my, uh, I wrote the daily email this morning at work and was, you know, basically, uh, you know, I hope everybody's been listening to De La Soul this weekend. And if you don't know what that means, I'd be more than happy to tell, pull up the rocking chair <laughs> and tell you about what rap in the 90s was like. Hey, everybody. An old man's talking. Uh, anyway. Kate. Yeah. How was your week? It was great. It was great? It was great. Good to hear. Why I'm, was it I'm, great? I'm particularly having a, a good day. So it sort of <laughs> makes everything have sort of rose-colored glasses. Um... It was just, it was a good week. I got a lot of stuff done. Um, I have, I must have mentioned on the show, but I have, I'm going through this bout of insomnia, um, which has been hard to deal with. Um, but it sort of, this week it was, it was sort of medium. So it's not as bad as it's been. So I did get more sleep this week. It's amazing how getting sleep really helps. Um, I hate, I hate it so much. What needing I, sleep? I mean, needing that like the the like tangible benefit to getting more sleep is frankly yeah. upsetting to me because I am before they had words for it a uh, you know chief proponent of what do they call it 
reverse time revenge procrastination. That shit where you stay up way too late because you're reclaiming your time, right? Like, oh yes, okay. I was you went like, to work. I, I I go to work, I go to the gym, I make dinner, I clean up. Normally that leaves me like 90 minutes to myself. But I will sacrifice sleep to get two and a half hours Mm -hmm. time to myself. And then I go to sleep and I wake up and I'm tired and it just escalates throughout the week. So that as we are now at, um, what are we, this is now Sunday at 5.30 as we're recording this, I will pass out. When this is done and wake up at like 11 a.m. tomorrow. It just all catches up to you. Yeah. And and you find kids who are listening to the show. We know there are kids listening to the show. Uh, it surprises us all the time. The Spotify numbers would say otherwise, but. Well, we know, we have, we know there are some young, young folks. Um, a, you want to yell at your like 20 year old self, like go back in time just to yell at them. B, um, you you just your body cannot handle going out <laughs> anything, <laughs> which I will explain in a moment why I know that. Um, <gasps> what? <laughs> D- I'm just excited now. Yeah, I think I know where this is going, friends. Um, and and C, it just yes, there are just you feel if you get if you you know a, a good sleep. And you feel well rested. You're like, this is amazing. But you know you can't do this because, like you said, it's I'm well rested when I've, you know, got everything done for the evening, tidy, got everything done for tomorrow. Like my lunch is made. I, I do like overnight breakfasty stuff. So my breakfast is done. My clothes are out. Like, you know, I got to bed at a decent time. I read for a bit. I was off my phone. But that means... I did not watch TV. <laughs> there was no TV watching. There was no fun stuff. Um, so yeah, it's there are benefits, but you know you have to sacrifice for those benefits, and it sucks. Um, so the reason, as I was saying, that I know why you can't do stuff when you're old. I'm not even old. I'm 36, and <laughs> I'm like, ooh, imagine 46. I'm gonna be like. Jordan, how did you do anything? Um, <laughs> how did you manage this, Methuselah? <laughs> um, is because I went to uh, my soon-to-be sister-in-law's bachelorette party. Um, we went to this great place called the Electric Diner in Hamilton. There's actually two of them. Um, it was great. It was 80s themed. They literally had Back to the Future wallpaper in the bathroom, which I was very pleased by. Um, they were, you know, the 80s music was playing. Everything's like neon colors. The food was great. It was very like dinery food, fanta- but like good dinery food is fantastic. And then we went to a drag show. And I think the last time I went to a drag show was maybe like 15 years ago. It might have been 13, but it, in and around 15 years ago. And it was great. Um, it was called Top Tier Drag stars of tomorrow um and it was a mixed bag the host was um uh troy boy and he was fantastic um just the right level of like razzing the straight people and <laughs> being right. very kind which i i agree this is why you go um he at one point asked my um sister-in-law who her maid of honor was. And she said, Oh, I, I don't have one. Basically three of them were sort of like 
sharing the that those duties. Um, and he's like, oh, so you're one of those bougie bitches. And I still make me laugh. We all laughed at that. She isn't, but, but it was so funny. Um, but yeah, the some of the performances were fan-freaking-tastic. Some of them, they you know, were just starting out, so it's a little rocky, so it's a very much a mixed bag. But mm. some of them were just like... And this is a really... This was at the, the Casbah in Hamilton, and it's a very small venue. Like, very... So much more intimate than maybe some of the Toronto venues. But they were really good. Like, and anyone who can just get up and just do that there was a wig reveal um yeah anyways so it was it was a really good time and troy boy did a great job of hosting he was a really interactive host um yeah it was a great time so but (laughs) then this morning after i slept for like nine hours what time did you get in last night i didn't get in super late They, they they were going off to do more dancing and then I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you, they're slightly younger than I am. And I was like, you kids have fun. My husband's going to pick me up now. <laughs> and I'm going to be old and married and go to bed. Um, I just I, I just thought, my, you know, my back, my body couldn't, couldn't take it. So. Oh, my neck, my back, my neck and my back. I, uh, I went home, so it really wasn't that late. But I still, even from that, like going to dinner and then going sitting at a drag show, it's not like I was doing the drag. Um, I was still wiped, so that's why I know you can't. You gotta, you gotta pick going to dancing. I think that would have like I would have been out for the next two days. Mm-mm. The only other thing I've got to say about this weekend, like I said, I had a great weekend. I went swimming today. Um, Indoors, and, yeah. <laughs> I'm not insane. Um, I'm positive. I'm like a polar dipping ass out there. Like, I don't know what you get into. Um, yeah, I went swimming today and uh, the rec center and it just, I have so many great memories of going swimming with my grandma at like the Y and the rec center. Just the smell of chlorine. <laughs> Little Kate on her flutterboard out there. Water wings. I used to jump from the high diving board. Um, I never I was, even jump from the high diving board. I was like, I legitimately was like three, like jumping off this high diving board. And people would be like, is she okay? My mom and my grandma were like, yeah, she's fine. <laughs> go go on, Kate. <laughs> um, I, was a, I was a water bug constantly, at least once a week, going to the pool. Um, the rec center apparently is inflation proof. It was like, it was like only five bucks. Like the, the rec center and bananas, the two things. Like, yeah, I know. Fifty nine cents for bananas. I'm like the whole row of bananas is coming <laughs> so, so living on nothing but bananas. Yeah, um, we did that, and then I did thing something that reminded. Thankfully, we only needed to get one thing, but reminded me to never do this in my future when I've got kids. Um, specifically, everyone. Don't go to Ikea on a Saturday if you have kids. Oh, my God. Uh, don't go to Ikea on a weekend, period. Well, go to Ikea on like a 9 a.m. on a Wednesday. Like, Yeah, but it wasn't too bad because, like I said, we I needed to get a – various reasons. I needed to get a specific bowl. <laughs> and I was just in there for a bowl. I wanted had, the bowl. Had to have it on Saturday. Saturday would not be complete without this bowl. Well, so, well, no. Sorry. Uh, we technically went today on Sunday. But just like don't go to Ikea on the weekends, period. Um, there was like very little parking, obviously, but we only had to go get a bowl and we did stop for something to eat. Like we, this is our plan. We were having lunch at Ikea. 
Um, and I, we were fine. Two adults, no kids, just getting a bowl. Like we were good. I was having my Swedish meatballs. I was loving life. I had a cinnamon bun. It was great. The price was fantastic. Also, Ikea is inflation proof, apparently. Um, hot dogs are still like they're a dollar. There was senior correspondent Chris said, he's like, they used to be 75 cents, <laughs> but still a dollar for a hot dog. Not bad. Um, but just everybody's screaming. They have a cart full of shit. I just was like, why? I understand not everyone can find childcare, but I just wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I just wouldn't do it. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Um, like maybe on a Tuesday <laughs> after work, maybe, but even then. Um, but other than that, yeah, it was good. It was a good, um, it was a good week. My week was equally great because I spent most of it with someone cute. Oh, that's nice. We always know that's fantastic. Uh, Always lovely to spend time with her. The out of the ordinary thing we did was we went for uh, <laughs> just to, just to try it. It was the, it was the the uh, culinary version of doing it for the disco. I just I couldn't help myself. I knew it existed and I wanted to <laughs> wanted to go try it. We went for conveyor belt sushi <gasps> here in Toronto. Oh my god, really? We did. How was it? Eh, fine. <laughs> um, but I mean. You got to watch for places like that because it's just like you're just like mashing a an iPad. <laughs> a friend's conveyor belt sushi is the sushi where there's like no real like wait staff. Like there's someone who seats you and like will like bring you. I don't even know if they we didn't order a drink. I assume it would have been the same thing. Um, they just kind of seat you and maybe bring you like a you know, bottle of water for the table or something. And then they leave and you have an iPad and you make or a tablet of some sort. You make these orders in and... Maybe you'll hear a little bing bong and you'll look and your food comes down on a conveyor belt that is running next to all the booths and stops right at your table. Oh my God, it's amazing. And you just collect your items. Um, I don't have a video of it. Someone cute snagged a video of it because she was facing uh, the direction the food was coming. Um, but it it adds up quick because you're not really paying attention. You just want to watch more stuff come down the, tra- the train tracks. <laughs> order more 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 (laughs) you get the bill and it's like oh well i'm glad we did it um no it was it was decent it wasn't the best sushi i've ever had but it also wasn't the wasn't the worst by any means um we went early in the day i'm sure it's if you go in like peak times where just them belts are just running all the time and food is constantly zipping by your table that's probably fun like yeah um but still interesting experience Put me in the mind. So if we're still thinking about it, Kate, that's going to be me eating by myself in some conveyor belt sushi joint. It will probably be much cheaper than the one here. Um, yes, it those, will. Those, those ones where it just comes, to, you're like facing, and you're like, a, you're like in a study carol. You're just like sitting in a little cubicle and like stuff comes to you, and then you just like shoot the plate down a, okay. down a tube in front of you. That or where the robot delivers your food. People get too hyped about the robot restaurant. I don't know. The robot restaurant is probably overpriced. I don't care. I want the cute robot to come deliver oh my, my food. <laughs> Do not I am me. a simple woman. Do not make me into that tourist Geico Kojin, please. Uh, so yes, that that was that was the the new activity that we did, that we did together. And friends, why do we talk so much about IKEA and conveyor belt sushi? You know why, Caitlin? Why do we do that? Because there's no news. There is no news. Apparently, the Anime Awards were 
couple nights ago. Okay. So whatever, whatever. I, I was like, I have nothing on that, but so let's move on. Um, so I have a bunch of opinions. The only thing I will say, the only thing I will say is, um, this, the one thing that happens a lot on, uh, the anime awards is, and this is just a thing that's like sponsored by Crunchyroll basically. Um, but I feel like it's like, I feel like it's like fan voted and then there's like. One that this happened a couple of years the last time we talked about it like four years ago or whatever where it was like a bunch of garbage and then made an abyss one the show of the year um right. it was like oh yes. um this seems to be happening again where it's like the winners are like all demon slayer and attack on titan and like some uh anya forger winning a bunch of uh character and voice acting awards from spy family but then you have anime of the year um, the nominees were the final season of Attack on Titan, Demon Slayer, something called Licorice Recoil, which got Best Original Anime, so maybe I have to investigate that because I've never heard of it. Uh, second part of Ranking of Kings, Spy Family, and the winner was something that I believe Kira might have mentioned to me once on the Bird site, and that was the Cyberpunk Edge Runners anime. Oh, which was yeah. done by Trigger, and it was done by Studio Trigger, and it was basically kind of an adjacent to the, uh like sort of a tie-in to that cyberpunk game that Keanu was in senior correspondent watched it. Did he? Yeah. He said it was wild. Well, God damn it. Well, like action pack, like March madness suitable. Just, Oh, possible. Ooh, I got to ask him about that. Um, might come back to that later. But anyway, I just find that interesting because it's one I'd heard. It's uh, again, this is like, like makes me think industry people actually vote on the show of the year. Um, right, and you know, dumb fanboys <laughs> vote on, vote yeah, on the rest of it. Else. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, that's news, Jace. I guess you have opinions. I have opinions. Um, one is uh, The Rock and Kevin Hart do too many mo- movies together, so many so that I don't know where one movie ends and the other begins. <laughs> Um, I thought you were gonna say you can tell The Rock and Kevin Hart apart, and I'm like, Kate. <laughs> uh, no, Kate. Uh, it's more like, like I know, obviously the one I think the only one I've seen them together in is Jumanji, but I feel like they're constantly doing press. But I and I'm, I love that they're you know besties and stuff. Like I think they're very funny together. But I honestly like, I think they must have done like 17 movies together by now. Or they've done three. I don't know. I just know they're constantly doing press for new movies. Um, uh, oh, we already talked about Don't Go to Ikea. Um, we were going to talk a little bit about Thunder Snow. My oh, my opinion God. opinion on that is that that was crazy. So, <laughs> friends, uh, the area Caitlin and I live with are, is basically under a perennial winter storm warning um, at all times right now. And just this time of year, though, not not in the summer. Then it's under a smog warning. So, but uh, yeah, so they they were they were talking about this happening again, and uh, and someone cute was over at the Polly Pocket, and because um, we wanted to call up uh, Mister Malosh, and. Uh, play around of something that I forgot to talk about last week, but I will talk about in updates. Um, and, you know, I was keeping an eye on it. And I was telling her, like, I don't want you driving in this. So as much as we want to do this thing this evening with Mr. Malosh, he's at home from work yet. He got to do dinner, blah, blah, blah. I'm keeping an eye out. I see a single 
flurry fall out there. I am kicking you out my house and you're driving home before this hits. And it did not work out that way. Uh, <laughs> I went down, she went down ahead of me. I had some, uh, we had grabbed, uh, another couple pies from, uh, Maddie Matheson maker pizza here in Toronto. Um, I got three slices of Frank's best still sitting in my fridge. and It's torturing me right mm-hmm. now. The fact that I can focus on this podcast right now. Um, and I got, she went down first. I gathered up the, the gar, the pizza garbage, uh, to throw in recycling and then hit the foyer and saw outside and went, Oh fuck. <laughs> and after our wonderful week together, the, uh, saying goodbye was basically like a fist bump. Like, okay, go get the fuck out. Like <laughs> get out. Um, <laughs> I had a really great time. Let me know when you get home, please. God. Um, and, uh, and then I start getting ready for bed and tidying up a bit and she calls and I'm immediately like, Oh my God, she's dead in the ditch. Um, yeah, she phone. called you as a ghost to yeah. tell you she's dead in the ditch. Yes. Um, I pick up the phone and she's like, can you get lightning in a snowstorm? Well, I'm like, first I'm like, thing, it, it's rare, but it can yeah. happen. Look up anyone who just wants to be delighted. The weatherman who, for the first time ever, after doing meteor- meteorology for God knows how many years, the first time he sees lightning in a thunder in a snowstorm, and it happens like five times, and he like has a meltdown because it's so exciting. <laughs> it's not exciting when you experience it in person. It's terrifying. It's not exciting when you're driving through it. No. Ugh, stressful. No. Uh, yeah, so we had full-ass thunder and lightning snowstorm here uh. on uh, here in Toronto, in the surrounding area, on Friday. And it was... It was the return of that business where, like, they were just abandoning buses again on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know how, how much snow we got, but it was... It was wild. And now it's like, it's like 25, 25, around between 25 and 30 centimeters, depending on where you were. And now it's like been like five degrees and like most of the shit on the sidewalks has melted by now. It's wild. And again, Caitlin, again, as I stepped out of my apartment to try to get to work on Saturday morning, despite myself, I tried to push back my start time. I just told him, I was like, I'm gonna be late. Ain't nobody getting there for 5am right now. No. Mm -mm. Um, I stepped out, and it wasn't even like hard snow. You could walk in easily. I was like, I'm uneven, unsteady snow. I'm slipping and shit. And I was like, once again, once again, you could drop that temperature 20 degrees and get this shit off the streets, and I would be mint. You're dumb. You Everyone, fucking snow motherfuckers. Like, there are, there are a couple of things Jordan and I will fight about perennially. Per- perennially. One of them... Is apples. We'll get Honey to crisp next apples year. forever. <laughs> and the second thing, and Macintosh, second thing is whether you'd rather have snow but it be warmer or no snow and it be absolutely freezing. I say absolutely freezing. I just say cold. Colder. Yeah, but you mean like minus 15 feels like minus 20. Yeah. Yeah, fucking freezing. <laughs> and that's wrong. Caitlin, wrong I opinion. jumped I jumped for a bus. I jumped to get on the bus yesterday while stepping over, you know, the giant 
fucking dune of snow on the side of the curb that the bus couldn't even like pull into. It just had to pull up alongside it. Yeah. And some, I kicked up some slush into like my inner thigh. I thought I pissed myself. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Suddenly it was just wetness all on my inner thigh. I'm like, this is it. I'm having a stroke. This is it. I'm passing away. I can no longer control my functions. No, it was just fucking snow kicking up into my crotch. Like, uh, welcome. Welcome to Canada. <laughs> Uh, I don't care how uh, I don't care how many beaver pelts, how lucrative it was. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, anyway, thunder snow. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, friends. Like I said, there's no news. We have opinions. There's stuff going on out there. I mean, whatever. It was probably we'd probably have more fun, and you'd have more fun listening to us talk about the stuff we've been getting into this week. So we're just going to do that. Kate, what have you been watching? Um, I found another British mystery. Um, or murder Kate, show. Caitlin. <laughs> yeah. Highlight of, always a highlight. Uh, I had something I wanted to watch on the old Amazon Prime. Friends, if you don't know, Kate and I share an account, at least until yeah. Bezos drops the Netflix band hammer on us. Um, <laughs> fired it up and immediately was like, oh man, <laughs> it's Katie Mack been getting into <laughs> Uh, you can tell because it's all. I start, started looking at all them British shows, mm-hmm. and someone cute said, "That's an invasion of privacy." And I was like, "You know what? I kind of I do agree with you." And what? Stopped, no. Oh, I think it's hilarious. I totally go into like what you're watching on stuff. So, <laughs> and I'm always curious because someone started watching uh, Carnival Row, and I that wasn't you. No, I don't know who it was. <laughs> wasn't me. See, this is what Netflix is missing out on. People having conversations, bringing people together about... Bringing people hey, together you, with like, who the fuck is watching, watching that? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, What's your new show? So I'm really excited. It's called Karen Peary. Um, it's part of the um, tartan noir genre, which is murder shows that take place in Scotland. Um, and <laughs> the, it's based off of a series of books by a very well-known Scottish writer. I can't remember her name right now, so apologies. Um, I actually avoided it for a really, really long time. Um, for some reason, just the cover picture, I was like, Ugh, I don't know. Um, and I tried a bunch of other mysteries. I've been doing this for ages, trying to find something I really could, you know, had a couple seasons maybe I could really sink my teeth into, um, especially because it's winter. Um, I did try one called Grace. Um, it has starring John Sim. Who people will probably know him best. Um, he did. He was the main character in the British, um, or the original British version of Life on Mars. Um, he also played the Master during David Tennant's run as, as Doctor Who. Um, so yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. People really know him. Really like him. I really like him. Yet again, is it a show about a cop who has a dead wife? What is going on? <laughs> if there is, it, it's either a dead wife, a missing wife, some sort of wife trauma. And then for ladies, it's dead husband, missing husband, dad's a cop, like has to go back to the small town they were from. Anytime that is what the, like the, the premise is, I'm like, absolutely not. But what I did was I went to second season two because it looked really highly rated I was like, well, season two, they've already done away with the dead wife stuff. No, no. Super central to the story. Super boring. Really dark. Not fun. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to give Karen Peary a a, a chance. It doesn't have anything about her having a dead husband. Nothing about her going back to a small town. 
I'll give it a shot. Delighted. Um, it's about a cold case that she's put in charge of. Um, and it's a, it's a little, I don't want to say it's lighthearted. It's not, but it focuses on the investigation by and large. Um, and how they sort of put the pieces together. Um, and some of the red tape and the roadblocks. Um, and she's just a very likable character. It can, it's a little fun at times, which is kind of a nice balance when you're dealing with death and murder. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good. And they're doing a second season. So that's always nice when you really like something, you find out they're doing another season of it. Only three episodes, but long, like an hour and a half episodes. Um, so yeah, so if you're looking for a show, that's a great show. Um, and then I discovered more episodes of Vera because they're doing that thing where they're releasing them and then waiting for a bit and then releasing them. <laughs> so it was basically just no wonder I had a good week, right? I was like, murder shows. Um, and <laughs> Chris and I were watching about to watch TV and I saw that there were episodes of Vera and I did the Caitlin gasp. And I was like, oh, I was like, we don't have to watch that. We can watch something else. He's like, Caitlin. <laughs> He's like, I love it. That's the one. Uh, I love you. And but I can't. How could I deny you? <laughs> After seeing how excited you are about Vera. So he watched it with me, which is very nice. Um, and then finally, um, I watched we watched The Mandalorian. Kate? Yeah. That's a real come down for me after Andor. I was about to say something along the lines of, I really miss Andor. Yeah. <laughs> I just what, was it was it always this much of a kid show, or is has Andor just really put that into stark relief? Like, it's put into stark, stark relief. It's always been a kid show. Did I I delight in the fact when he grabbed one of the small aliens? I did. Um, was this episode kind of a mess? It was. There was too Kate, many things. Kate, he made a fucking pun. He made a Schwarzenegger-like pun when the bust of grief... Grief, grief, Carl Weathers. When the bust of Carl Weathers got knocked over onto the uh, half assembled, half disassembled, rampaging murder droid, yeah, push it onto him, and Pedro Pascal goes, "Now that's using your head." What the fuck? I get this is for children, but come on, there's not a kid out there who is cracking a smile at that one. I know kids. Do you? Kids ain't laughing at that. Do you? I just it was and it his was, whole the whole point of the season is going to be he's got to go the, purify himself in the waters of Space Lake Minnetonka. Like I yeah, just can't. Like you know, wait, all we want is you to go do bounties. <laughs> go do bounties. Like you know, you know, you know what was fun? Uh, when you killed the pirates and you ran from the pirates. That was yeah, fun. That was I like that scene. I really like that scene. Um, like fifteen minutes at the beginning of like fighting a giant turtle, <laughs> like. Oh, the, I like that. I like yeah. the alligator. You know what it is? It's video game storytelling. And it's always kind of done this, but like, I'm realizing it more now. It's like, his main quest is to go have a bath and... <laughs> <laughs> and y'all, it's be, he can be a Mandalorian again if he goes and dips and baptizes himself in these like I'm sacred like, waters somewhere on Mandalore. I mean, um, but then to- like a ca- then like a cat with a spotlight appears and it's like, but you need this. He wants this droid just because. Um, yeah, that was stupid. We got to rebuild that droid. Well, if you get this part, 
you know, the, the little guys that Grogu's trying to hug, like, send him off on a fetch quest, and there's the rest of your episode? Like, you are correct. It's kind of a mess. Yeah, it really was. All we needed was um, some really cool fighting scenes, which was great. I, I think that the pirate thing should have been more central to the episode, and that an introduction of why it's important for him, because there was sort of this play of, like, would he abandon the rules that he'd you know grown up by which is you don't remove your helmet because he's seen how other mandalorians are i think it it would have been better if there was an arc throughout this season of him figuring out for himself what it means to be a mandalorian right and that in part could be going back to mandalore um or maybe there's a group who is going to mandalore to do more i'm going to call it archaeology um, and maybe he hitches a ride with them. Like there could have been more. This was just, there are so many, he's visiting so many people. It takes a long time to get places. <laughs> and he's just like back and forth. And I mean, Grogu he's is got, always also, amazing. Also, hey, you know what? I don't need hyperspace whales. What the fuck? Those better not come back, Kate. Oh, I love the hyperspace whales. They've yeah, been of course things. you do. They've been in a couple things. Well, they can stay there and not come into this thing. <laughs> what? It's, wow. No. Get the fuck out. Oh, my God. Uh... Are, do they ever fully emerge or are they just weird tentacle shadows? Oh, they're they're no, not no, just no. they're not just space whales, y'all. They're not, they're not only ginormous. They're ginormous space squid whale, hyperspace squid whale things. Yeah. they No, they in, um, in Rebels, they were like featured in an entire episode. It was super, awesome. super. Yeah, it was great file that one away um that's that's what you got into that's everything i got into it wasn't it wasn't a crazy amount but you know those murder those british murder shows do take up a lot of time <laughs> they do i mean listen they're 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 four hours and 37 minutes an episode so um what did i get into let's talk about a couple games first of all y'all the one that started it all the og the one that made this all happen. Love Live School Idol Festival is ceasing operation. <gasps> what? And it will be, after nine years, it will be moving to Love Live School Idol Festival 2 Miracle something. Oh, never mind. So you can just transfer all your activity, all your all your game data over there when that one drops. Um, friends, this is a Tappy Tap Rhythm game, the OG waifu game based on the Love Life franchise. When I was, listen, this all happened because I was working on a project that has kind of had new life breathed into it. It may actually come out one day, uh, five years into the process. Yeah, yeah I was going to say a long time into the process. Fingers crossed, y'all. Um, but, you know, investigating this game was, I had no experience with gacha games or waifu games or rhythm games to this extent. Um, and then I just started trying this one and I could not stop playing it. And here we are four or five, four or five years later. And <laughs> I have five of them on my iPad that I rotate through. I can't through. believe, I can't believe you're still playing it. Like that's the thing to me that is kind this, of amazing. This one, uh, because it is so old, I have fallen off quite a bit on the OG love live game, but because they are closing down, they're doing their last few events and their last few like daily rewards and stuff. And Caitlin, it is like a fucking fire sale over there because they're giving away these tickets and every 11 of them you get, you can do a pull for 11, like a gacha pull. 
and guaranteed at least one Uber rare. Because I think it's just like, here, let's just help you fill out your album. It's just, it's waifu collecting, right? You're just collecting cards. Yeah. Um, but every events normally, like if you did an event as you ranked up, you know, you get a higher score, you get more rewards. Rewards would usually be, you get like three good things out of the whole thing. Like you need 50,000 points, you get a free promo card or whatever. And then a handful of like, you know, the gems that normally cost money and things like that. All they give out right now are these draw tickets and the gems. That's it. That's all they're giving out. <laughs> no friend points, no N-rated characters, none of that shit. Gems and pull tickets. Fire sale, Caitlin. I'm just caking up on Uber rares right now. Oh my god. See, to me, this I have no... I am not tempted in the least. This is definitely not my... Not my crack, let's put it that way. It's just it's just that serotonin jump when when you see that that red envelope come flying out of the out of the box. Never go to a casino. Oh, just... absolutely not. Listen, listen. Friends, it's it you hear me talk about these games and you will not believe it. I I I'm not going to say I've never spent money, but the last time I spent money on one of these games was like four years ago. Like I do not spend money on them. I just I just grind. I just put in the work every day. Last thing I do before I go to bed, I pop the iPad open and I just kind of, you know, go through boop 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 15 minutes, get my little dailies on everything and amazing. Get the little serotonin boost. Uh what else do we have for game from games? Don't know what prompted me, I was just thinking about it again. Kate. Yeah. Back to Los Santos. Really? Happens every so often. I've realized it's the everything game. That's that's what uh-huh. Grand Theft Auto Online has become. It's yep. really the everything game. Whatever the fuck you feel like doing, you can do in this game now. And they've made some gameplay tweaks that kind of like delegate things. The whole point of Grand Theft of the Grand Theft Auto Online game is like, sure, you can run around and do mayhem and run around the map and do whatever. This game is like ten years old now, so there have been no real map expansions, which is nuts if you think about it. Like any other online open world, whatever. They're constantly like, oh, look at this. Genshin Impact has like d- quadrupled the size of their playable map. And that game's been oh. out for like two years. Um, Grand Theft Auto, still just that island. And one extra island that where there's like a heist you can do. Um, but they've done some things where like normally, you know, you, you have these little businesses, the businesses make money and as you collect money, you buy more cars, planes, you know, whatever, stuff to tool around in. Weapons, gun mods, things like that. Um, For me, it's always been, we know I love, (laughs) makes no sense, but I love doing races. So for me, it's always making money so I can get whatever the fastest car du jour is. So getting money in these businesses often involved you doing a million fetch quests and you had to like run from one side of the map to get supplies and bring the supplies back to your business. And then there'd be a cool down time and then the supplies would turn into product and you could sell the product for money. Um, I wish the product was something nice. Like baby formula. Or like something that people really needed that you were just trying to do your best to get to the people. No, Caitlin, it's crystal meth. Yeah. That's what the people need. That's what the people of San Andreas need. Crystal meth. Um, What they have done now is giving you like these little like simple missions. Raid a stash house or something. Whatever you get from the stash house, you don't have to take it to your business. It just can then be used to refill the supplies of your business. So you don't have to play such an active role. You kind of get these, you get these NPC helpers and assistants to just kind of do stuff. You might have to throw them like 
10 G's or something to go source some materials for you, but you don't have to do it anymore. Um, and there's also been a lot of stuff, uh, focused around the, uh, nightclub, uh, management side of things. Oh, I wonder if they got that from, um, what was the other game you were playing? Uh, yeah. Yakuza. Yeah. <laughs> Cause everyone it's- was like, Oh, I love I love running a maid cafe. It's a, it's not, there's no, there's no cooking mama with uh, hostesses. There is, however, just instead of like, you know, you have to keep your club popular to keep generating the most money. Right. So, um, before those like missions would be like, you had to fucking like fly a blimp all over the city and like play the music of whatever DJ you had at the club or fly a helicopter and drop flyers all over that type of thing. Now it can be like a VIP passed out in your office. Take them home. And that'll do it. Anyway, that's how I like playing the game. You can do, you can find something. The game has been very good over the years at just kind of taking stuff that works in other games and just kind of adapting it into GTA. Like there's been, I remember loving this mode and somebody going, oh yeah, that's Fortnite. And I went, huh? (laughs) (laughs) They basically took the Fortnite Battle Royale formula and put it in GTA. Um, oh, they've also just so delayed- everyone knows by a 13 year old who I know very well has told me that nobody plays Fortnite anymore. So <gasps> what are they playing now? Uh, oh God, I don't know. Caitlin, something you violent. Just, you can't just, you can't just give us one side of the argument and not the other. No, you're <laughs> just, you're Fortnite, just a, what are they playing? You're just a, you're just a loser. Uh, if you play Fortnite, apparently Elden ring, <laughs> that's what they're out there playing. Yeah. yeah that's right. Um, also apparently the, the, the other twist on the game, it seemed like they've they've turned away from uh, just making everything as as rich and bright and shiny as it was. It was real about like you know upward mobility in a lot of the other uh, expansions, getting the nicest stuff, being getting the most money, blah blah blah. The latest expansion is basically like a bunch of juggalos open a warehouse under a freeway. <laughs> You're like helping them fight biker <laughs> gangs, like yeah. What? So they've gone uh... in the other direction, but hey, shouts to them for. Keeping it keeping it spicy after all these years. Yeah. Um, one last gaming update that I forgot to mention. We got this. We bought this to bring on the trip with me and someone cute so we could play it with Mr. Malosh. And then we played it again over FaceTime. Uh, and that is a game called based on a popular hip-hop podcast called The Questions. This is a hip-hop trivia game. Um, that sounds amazing. Who won? Was it you? Yeah. Um... Yeah, but it's only because I like some of the quests and you would think that it's so the different categories will be like some be, be about it's basically eight categories and you're trying to collect cards from it's a real simple mechanic. It's like you're just trying to collect cards from each uh, two a full game is two cards from each category. We basically have done speed rounds where it's just like get one card from each category. Um, and there's one on like there's a category for like samples, which nobody ever wants me to pick. Um <laughs> Why wonder why? There's one on like collaborations. There's one basically about like business deals, like hip hop business stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, one about you know rappers' live personal lives and things like that. Uh, one about is it, like is this are, is it the type of trivia where they give you like A, B, C, or D? It or is D? multiple. Cho- it is multiple choice. Thank God. If it wasn't, if is, wasn't multiple was choice, say. it would be near impossible. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, and it's been super fun, and I I. I have won both times we played, but I've also come from behind. Someone cute gets out there early. She's gonna, clean, you know, what she's and gonna cleans do one up. Day? She's oh, gonna, she's gonna, she's gonna rock you. She's totally gonna murk me one day, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes 
it, the the fact that it's multiple choice makes it way more accessible. Like Mr. Malash yeah. knows hip hop a little bit, but not to the extent that me and Soma Q do. Um, so I would he still be, he I still manages. Not, I would not be good, but because you've given me so much history stuff, I could think I could recognize names if I saw them. <laughs> um, but I couldn't. There's no way if they were like this collaboration and this year, I would be like, I don't know, I have no idea. Um, so that's kind of um, cool. What's it called again? It's called The Questions, but if you look up Questions Hip Hop, The Questions Hip Hop Trivia, you should be able to should be able to find it. Cool. Um, although it is also any game like this is also low key sad because you know one day you're going to get through all the questions and oh. be like, oh, now what? Um, that is sad. <laughs> and then what do I do with it, Caitlin? Jump off that bridge when I come to it. Uh, one thing I'm going to watch, which I forgot to mention, I guess I could have mentioned this in the front half, there's going to be a mockumentary style show on CTVs starting tomorrow night called Shelved that will be set in the Parkdale Library. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. File that file that one away for later. Yeah. Um, things that I watched with someone cute. Uh, we watched that one episode of The Last of Us. What's What's that episode? The Nick Offerman one, the one everybody was talking oh, about when okay, it aired. That, it's a really nice episode. It was, yeah. Um, got some got some mistiness. If I mean, I'm sure if you were just watching the show and that came out of nowhere and walloped you, it would have been like, oh my god. But <laughs> having watched it with like, you know, the world going, this is the saddest, most beautiful hour of television that's aired this year so far. I mean, it was February when it aired, but um, even knowing that much about it, it's still, you know. The impact was diminished. If anything, it's an ar- it's it's the rare argument against spoilers. Um, what else have we gotten into? Daisy Jones in the Six, baby. Oh yeah, how is that? Oh, it's not bad. It's not okay. bad. Um, that said, I will probably stick with it even without uh, someone cute's presence. Like someone cute will probably definitely stay with it. I never read the book. Y'all Daisy Jones and the six is basically, it was a book by an author named Taylor Jenkins Reed. Um, basically just a fictitious oral history of a, uh, a seventies rock band, heavily Fleetwood Mac adjacent inspired type of thing. Yeah. A lot of um, people have been like, you can watch that show. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I haven't heard <laughs> much about it. It's, it's not bad. I, you know, it's been an enjoyable watch. I mean, I guess that's all you can say. It hasn't really moved the needle a lot for me, but I've been enjoying myself while I'm watching it. It, it plays it smart sometimes where like when the amazing song is supposed to blow the producer away, they don't show it. Cause to me, that's the hardest part about any show about music is, you know, when the song that's supposed to be the song is not the song. That's how um, I feel about the, um, the marvelous Miss Maisel. Um, I don't think the jokes are funny. You don't think she's funny, <laughs> and they're supposed to be like so hilarious and amazing. And I'm like, these are lame. I don't like these. So yes, I get that from. from I get that. And I mean, look, like, listen, there are some songs in there, and the songs that are in there are pretty good. But they have wisely um, sort of hedged their bets on some of them when it's like, you know, supposed to be the most amazing song in the world that got this you know producer to want to be involved with the band you don't hear it it's like here's good. their one shot yeah. and then it cuts to like him on a talk show or something so i mean it's smart um but yeah it's pretty good cool 
Uh, and the last thing, y'all, I've been doing nothing this week, but this I've been doing nothing this weekend besides listening to as much Dale Soul as humanly possible. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Dale I Day has arrived. Their first eight albums, I think, seven, eight albums, are now uh, all on digital streaming platforms. And to celebrate this, they had a live stream at Webster Hall in New York. They were calling it the Daisy Experience um, because their early iconography was kind of based around this notion of Daisy, something they called, which stood for the inner sound, y'all, but that's also low-key kind of what got them branded as hippies um, and got flower. a florist added to every photo shoot they did in the uh, early nineties. But, um, this was, I'm sure originally booked to celebrate their arrival on streaming with the passing of Dave from Dela a few weeks ago. This took a much more solemn, bittersweet, um, tone. And that said, we got it fired up, uh, at someone's at someone cute's place. It was on Twitch. So I had to sling it from my phone because I was like, I don't think you want to start a Twitch account, someone <laughs> cute. I don't think you want to be out there watching kids stream Fall Guys uh, for hours a day. But uh, we got that fired up and everybody showed up like the DJs were on point. All the Native Tongues crew from back then, the Jungle Brothers, Talib Kweli was there. Queen Latifah was there, and at one point, this was, like, the most beautiful moment. Like, um, Queen Latifah has a very, like, you know, woman-empowering... Well, many of her songs are women-empowering, but she has this song called Unity, uh, U-N-I-T-Y, mm-hmm. and it's very kind of... Uh, not melancholic, but it's it's more low-key. And then she has her one of her debut singles, which is called Ladies First, which is... Rapidly rap lyrical miracle like just cr- crazy bars per second and yeah. the dj i think it was stretch armstrong of stretch and bobito started playing unity and latifah grabs the mic and like she's gonna start that and then he like did the dj thing where he like and then just dropped the beat for ladies first yeah and she starts rapping it and moni love was there too and moni love splits the verses with latifah a couple times on that song and that was finally the moment where the crowd got mad hyped because they were like performing, performing like, like it was yeah. 88, like, and <sighs> someone cute lost her fucking mind and it was <laughs> the great, she was so amped and it was so beautiful to watch and just to like, the whole thing was beautiful. Like for me, it was like when, when Paz and Mace, the surviving members finally came out and were talking to the crowd, Mace at one point has the mic and he's like talking about prince paul who was their producer on those early albums and kind of their mentor and helped them find the sound they wanted to pursue type of thing and he's like i don't know where prince paul is blah blah blah. prince paul was behind him he didn't know he was in the building yet uh-huh. um and they could he taps mace on the shoulder mace turns around and just like they just hug for like two minutes like in the middle of the stage i and don't just- even know these people and i'm crying jordan <laughs> what the hell you're just recounting i didn't even see it you're just recounting it um and yeah, it was just revisiting that music this weekend has just been everything I wanted it to be. It's been amazing. And to like know what it means to me, to know what it means to someone cute, because um, we've both just been so amped to have this music available again uh, that was so important to us when we were growing up. So y'all, I'm telling you, just go on Spotify, go on Apple Music, whatever you're listening on, and just look up De La Soul and just start start if you know nothing about it just start discovering it's like 
it's so good and I'm so happy to have this this music available again Jordan yet again ending it on a on a beautiful but sad note <laughs> I do have a gift don't I yeah yeah he does um yeah I think that's it um something that is not uh, I mean, it's, I suppose it's sad, be- it's sad and beautiful in its way, sad and beautiful in its way. Yeah, it's fine. It is sad and beautiful in its way. Not, not maybe the same, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, when we get, we get back, we're going to get into Top Gun Maverick. Something someone cute was very, very pleased. I was assigned to watch oh. and we will talk about it when we come back from this break. And welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the thing we have brought each other. This week, I kind of brought Jordan two things accidentally. Me thinking that Jordan, you know, was the watcher, knower of all things 80s and 90s action, assumed poorly that he had seen Top Gun. Nope. Something that I had not seen till recently and... Not like I'd seen bits and pieces. I knew about it, of course, but just assumed he had not. I, of course, had seen Top Gun Maverick and really liked it and thought he would enjoy it. So Jordan, he, he I mean, he said he would, he could possibly do this. Has watched both of them? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ma'am, I read a Wikipedia and watched Maverick. Okay. I did say that that was also justifiable. <laughs> Um, I mean, after all, it is an 80s action flick. Um, so before we get into Top Gun Maverick, um, which is what we were watching this week and getting to know Top Gun, um, we have some rules. The first rule is the rule of three, which of course doesn't apply because Top Gun Maverick is a movie. The second rule is hashtag save it for the pod, which is the rule that we will not talk about the thing we are watching. Until we were sitting in front of these microphones, which is why I didn't know that he had not also watched Top Gun. <laughs> and the third rule, which isn't really a rule, it's just a policy, is that there will be spoilers. Um, it's a action film. I don't know if you can spoil action films, but yeah. I guess if you're like, oh, I really don't want to know and I've been waiting to see it, then don't listen to the rest of this episode. Um, and that's it. So, to get into it, Top Gun Maverick is a 2022 American action drama film directed by Joseph Kunsinski. You don't, or sorry, Joseph Kunsinski. You don't know anything he's directed. Um, and written by a bunch of people. The film is a sequel to the 1986 film Top Gun. Tom Cruise reprises his starring role as the naval aviator Maverick. It was based on the characters of the original film, created by Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr. The film also stars Miles Teller, Jennifer Connelly, John Hamm, Glenn Powell, Lewis Pullman, Ed Harris, and Val Kilmer. In the film, Maverick confronts his past while training a group of younger Top Gun graduates, including the son of his deceased best friend, best friend's name is Goose, 
for a dangerous mission. That just is very important because it's like a thing. It's like, you're my man, goose. Um, yeah. Do I have to go more into the plot, do you think? Meh. Basically, um, he has to sort of like learn to like over the past. Um, he has to train these uh, pilots to do this dangerous mission. Um, it takes a really interesting turn. You think you know exactly what's going to happen and you don't. What was um, that interesting turn, Kate? The interesting turn was that, so the mission is successful, but Maverick goes down, saving, um, oh God, what's his name? Goose's son's life. Miles Teller. Rooster. Rooster. I was like, the other bird name. <laughs> Rooster. Um, and you think kind of that's sort of the end, um, or that you're not really sure, and uh, uh, Maverick finds himself behind enemy lines, and then him and Rooster, Rooster saves him, and then him and Rooster have to have to fly out from that, and that's sort of the unexpected part of it, really. But it is an action film. Um, so it's, it's nice sometimes when action films are pretty play-by-play. Um, it's kind of, it's like, it, that's part of the genre, certain things you expect. Um, I really enjoyed it when I watched it. I like action films. They're fun. You don't have to take them too seriously. It is sad, but it was also, you know, nice and like I said, fun. Um, so Jordan, what did you think? So I did, I, I don't want anybody to misconstrue, uh, what are admittedly quibbles. We've got quibbles. <laughs> um, <laughs> because I did greatly enjoy this movie. However, yeah, everything that is in the disco right now is about the third Creed movie. Okay. So I find myself kind of inadvertently thinking about the movement of franchises into the modern day. Right. And how I feel like the Creed franchise kind of did that with Rocky more elegantly than Top Gun Maverick did. Top Gun Maverick, very fun movie. Yeah. Not not a thinky. <laughs> no. Not a thinky movie at all. But, which is fine. Doesn't but, need to be a thinky but, movie. But hold on. But but Top Gun wasn't a thinky movie. No. And I think Rocky was a little bit more thinky than Top Gun was. A little bit. I guess what I'm saying is I actually had a moment when when Maverick goes down. So okay, so what happens is this movie kind of deked and shot on me a couple times. Um with the first time so uh he's been brought back to the academy. He was working on Maverick was working on like a super a, secret uh, yeah, super super secret stealth fighter. Uh, kind of test program. Dark Dark Star, I think it was called Black Star, something like I that. I don't know. <laughs> Call it Black Star. It's a great album. Yeah. <laughs> um, and basically, shouts to Ed Harris for showing. I did. I thought he was going to play a much larger role in this movie, but he was there for like fifteen minutes. Yeah. You know, nothing good's going to happen whenever Ed Harris shows up. I learned that a long time ago. Every time Ed <laughs> Harris is in your thing, we've talked about this before. We talked about Westworld. Nothing good is going to happen. No. When Ed Harris shows up, you're going to get stuck in he's space. Got those, he's got you're those creepy like, light blue eyes and like watch you. You get stuck in space. You're going to be a hostage on Alcatraz. Like something's bad is going to happen if if Ed Harris shows up. Yeah. Um. 
And he shows up because, man, forget this, man fighter, man fighter jets is the past. It's all about the drones now, baby. So we got to, we got to, he sets like an impossible threshold. If this thing can't be flown at this speed or whatever, is we're pulling Mach, the plug. Mach 10, which Mach is. Mach 10. Yeah. Insane. Um, so they basically try to do the test before Ed Harris shows up, but Ed Harris shows up early, Yeah, but they're already flying the test. And of course, because he's Maverick, he gets it to Mach 10. Um, but because he's Maverick, they tell him, they tell him, Kate, don't you go a click over Mach 10. Yeah. That's all you got to do. You get it to Mach 10, but he's Maverick. So he can't help it. He puts it to 10.1. Yeah. And the whole thing falls apart. Yeah. <laughs> and he ends up somewhere in America. <laughs> yeah. I do have to say, so hmm. initially I was like, I know, I don't know a lot, but I know a little bit about aerospace and aerospace engineering. It um, has to do oh, with my love okay, of hum- space. Okay, humble brag. So. It wasn't humble brag. I wasn't like, <laughs> I have a PhD and blah, blah, blah. I just am like it. Um, so when people are like, why does she know this? Now they know. It's because I go down Wikipedia holes and then all of a sudden it's <laughs> two in the morning. Um, so if you blow up something at that speed, you, you cannot survive. Yeah. So my thing is, I don't think he crashed the plane. They never say that because they never say he crashes it. Mm. Um, that or this is all a dream. <laughs> because <laughs> he's dead um well well maybe which would then move into my next you know the the first deacon shot which i which is that you start the movie you go through the first the two-thirds of it maybe about the, into act two yeah um you're deep in act two still thinking that he has been you know shunted off to this trick to be a trainer at back to top back to top gun you're a teacher now you're going to teach this next generation on how to fly this impossible mission. Yeah. Um, and John Hamm, who is becomes the new Ed Harris. <laughs> so good as a villain. Just really good. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen that shade on John Hamm before, but I, I enjoyed it. It worked for him. Yeah. Um, as you know, the military, the unsmiling military heavy, who's got no time for Maverick shenanigans. Um, Basically, there are all these factors. It's a, listen, you don't come to Top Gun expecting to know who the enemy is. It's just the enemy. Yeah. And and they it's, do that very cleverly, right? I like to think it's an alternate universe. It's, uh, it's Iraq or Russia Stan. It's like something. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's Kandak. It's just somewhere in Kandak. Before yeah, Black right. Adam finds you, you have to attack this thing. <laughs> um... Someplace they're enriching enriching uranium. They got to do whatever. There's missiles on this edge of a mountain. It's down in like the crevices of this mountain. Mm-hmm. And then they go through all the all the nerdy shit about why this is impossible. You got to go over one side of the mountain into an inverted dive. Hit the thing. You got one shot. And then you got to pull up super steep. But it, the only way to clear the mountain, you're gonna it will get you into a radar detection. And then the missiles are going to be firing at you. It's insane. It's the yeah. it's bullet. It's bullet hell, basically. <laughs> it's a bullet hell game. Um <laughs> Zach's on on crack, but nobody can pull this off as, as designed the mission as designed by the Navy can't be done. It's like, well, you're supposed to teach them. And it's like, well, I'm trying, but like, but like it's, it's I need more time. Well, we don't have more time. They're mobilizing. They're doing stuff. So I'm going to change 
you know, John Hamm wants to add more time. If it was like two minutes, they had wanted to get this done in um, this low this low altitude flight, so they don't get detected to get to the you know shaft on the Death Star. <laughs> they got two. Yeah. They got two minutes to get there. Well, we got to up it to four, and it's like that ain't going to work. Well, they can't do it the other way. You know, they haven't been able to do it. So, what does Maverick do? He does it himself. He, he, shows, proves, he shows. He proves. He proves that it can be done. Yeah. Which means obviously. He is now the hero leading the mission. And then yeah. I kind of went, all right. Oh, come on. That was so fun. I guess. But again, I'm thinking now I got, I got all this creed in my head and I'm thinking it's like they tried to do it. So the whole thing with creed is, you know, and the first two anyway, before Sylvester Stallone couldn't deal with the producer anymore. Um, Amazing. <laughs> Rocky is the supporting character. He's in it, but it's not his movie. Yeah. Um, but this is even, like even from, called, even from the even from the first one, even from Creed One, Top Gun Maverick. We always knew this is going to be Tom Cruise's movie. I guess part of me just it'd be like you wanted him to pass. To me, the it torch. was like I, yes. To me, it's like if if you know Creed got knocked out in in, in, <laughs> in round Rocky, one, and Rocky was like Rocky was like tag me, oh, tag me, ta- ta- exactly, tag me in, and Rocky beats him. Uh, um, that's funny. Same, but you know, different, but same. Um, but I'm not mad at it. It's just like, it's to me, it's just like with all, because Creed three is coming out this weekend. I'm thinking about the Creed franchise a lot and just franchises in general. And I find that the Creed franchise is more elegant and moving things along. Like you are not Tom Cruise. If they keep making top guns, it ain't going to be top gun rooster next, (laughs) next one out. He's still going to be around. He's not going to move to the back. Well, whether I mean, that's, part whether of, that's the Tom Cruise-ness of it all, whether that's the Maverick-ness of it all. Possibly. Um, the, 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 I mean, I don't know that they're going to... I mean, they made a lot of money off of this, but I don't know that they're going to do that because the... I mean, they probably will. I, they always find a reason, which is too bad. But they did move it so that, like, Tom Cruise, like, this was his... Or, sorry, the Maverick character. This is, like, his final hurrah because... It the really woman. exists, yes, it, and it exists to give that character closure for yes. the the what happened in the first movie, where his sort of, even though he was cleared of all wrongdoing, it was kind of his, you know, he was the pilot. Uh, he was the pilot, yes, and his actions and his uh, his decision making led to the death of his best friend. And really, it was Iceman's fault, but no one seems to want and, to talk about that. And I mean. <laughs> That said, as much as I'm like, you know, it seems like I'm picking nits about this movie. Every time he said, talk to me, Goose, did I get a little like, mm. yes. Oh, man. When he said, talk to me, Dad. Yeah. When Rooster said, talk to me, Dad. And then and then Tom Cruise started talking. And it was like, you were like his father. And it was just, it was very emotional. I was very verklempt. Speaking of emotional, Kate. Yeah. He's always going to be my Huckleberry. Always be my Huckleberry. I'm so glad that they made space for Val Kilmer. Yeah. They could have said he died a long time ago. They could have written him off. But they made it so that, A, he was there to support. He had this great career. And, I mean, Val Kilmer, for some people who don't know, Val Kilmer had throat cancer. Can't speak. Um, And... I like that they gave the character cancer, um, and I thought it was just really important to to show people get sick. 
especially mm. like this is from like not even just like a storytelling point of view, but just like from a industry point of view um, that people change and get sick. Because, you know, Tom Cruise has that weird ageless quality to him, which is really kind of creepy. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. I just I, I really like that. It was a re- it was a really beautiful scene, and I really liked that scene a lot. Um, and you know, I know we talked when we talked about shrinking. I was asking, like, you know, is, is Harrison Ford the most uh, you know charismatic motherfucker who ever lived? Uh, if he's not, it's Tom Cruise. Like, the Tom Cruise is still. I know you hate when we have this argument about like that article I read once <laughs> that said there are no movie stars left anymore. But you look at Tom Cruise, and you're like. They're not. Look, is this how? Is this how y'all talked about Paul Newman back in the day? Like they, just, they don't make them like that anymore. There's not movie stars like that anymore. Um, and I mean, that's for, for greater minds than me to figure out why that happened. But I mean, his little like <laughs> when when Iceman asks him who was the better pilot, and he's just like, "This is a nice moment. Let's not ruin it. Let's not ruin it." Yeah, that was uh, that got a that got a gut buster out of me. I thought that was a really really good line, um, and I like that they gave that character you know closure as well. He passes in the course of the character dies in the course of the movie, mm-hmm. um, to kind of give him a send give him and that character a send off, um, and that the, so the first Deacon fake for me was where you know. Thought it was torch passing. It's not torch passing. He's still going to save the day because he's Tom Cruise. Um, and then the second Deacon fake was what you mentioned, where it's like I literally thought for about thirty-five seconds that they were going to take him out. Yeah, I'm kind of glad <laughs> that when they he was didn't. Sh- that when he, that when he was shot down, it was a wrap. Um, and they did, and I was like, oh, you got me. But, but then you it's got fine. some great scenes. With him and Rooster. Yes. Um, yes. Rooster Rooster goes off book, goes back uh, to save Maverick. They, I forgot about this detail in the in the battle plan where there's like this, the Kandak site has like old clunker planes lying around which on is, those, are, those, are, those are the planes that were in the first Top Gun. Right. Which is um, kind of important to that. Because they're not fifth generation fighters. They kept saying that. I don't know what a fifth generation fighter is, but everyone is very scared of them. You don't um, need to know. It's one of those things where you're just like, yeah, the super fighters that blow up everything. It's just super bad. Um, and yeah, so then they, they sneak onto the base, get one of these old clunkers, um, and just try to like scoot out. And then some uh, unident- unidentifiable pilots, they look like TIE fighters pilots. It's amazing. <laughs> all, black, all black everything. Yeah. Uh, start ch- start chasing them down, and like, listen, you go to these movies for dogfighting action, and that is what this movie gave you. That they know what they do, and they do yeah. it really fucking well. Like, the plane battle scenes are thrilling, and they did a really good job. As someone who I can lose track of who's who, they did a really good job of you know who's in what plane. That's a very good point because I know you know it would be. In less competent hands, it would just be like Transformers, where you can't tell what the fuck is happening. It's yeah. just the metal clanging and stuff bashing together. And um, someone who has a Transformer who has balls for some reason. I did not know that, and I don't want to know anymore. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, 
yeah, all edited really well. Uh, all like the flow of the flight battle scenes is all done very well. Um, and the like Iceman analog, what's his name? Hangman. Yes. The dick, the dick. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like obviously, you know what it's a bet. It's not here's, here's the proper take on this movie. It's not a worse version of Creed. That's my mistake. It's it's incorrect of me to say like this is a worse version of like Creed and say it's a far better version of The Force Awakens. Oh, yeah, that's good. Because this is that. a movie that is designed to give you it's that thing we bitch and no, I bitch and complain about all the time where it's like remember that thing you liked, here's more of it. Mm-hmm. But it's doing it much I don't know, just more smartly. Like, I think what even though doing... I said it's not a thinky movie, like, so it knows what you want. You came in here for playing battles and Tom yeah. Cruise being charming and an amazing looking Jennifer Connelly. Ugh, take my breath away. <laughs> <laughs> although, although, as pointed out, they definitely got some milk crates for that dude to stand on when, whenever, whenever they had a scene together. Yeah, though they uh, did let him be short. Um, there were a couple times. A couple times yeah. he was short. Yep. And I was like, "Good heroes also need to be short." Just saying. Um. But yeah, you know, you want they they play you know beach football instead of beach volleyball. Um, oh, it was so they, good. Ro- Rooster sings "Great Balls of Fire." Like you know, there's <laughs> you want that shit that you like from before. You're just getting it in a more contemporary uh, way. So I just totally. Talked myself out of what I said five minutes ago, but hey, that's the <laughs> podcast. I love, I love when we just spin each other around. We're <laughs> just like, no, I hated this thing, and then by the end, I'm like, actually, it wasn't ne- so bad. I never hated I know, it, but you know me. I, know. I want. Th- I said this to someone cute at the time. Is like, you know, me being me, I just want shit to be like sad all the time. Like, <laughs> yes. Um, and this doesn't. This didn't need to be but, sad. But in the moment, I was like, oh, movies, they should have killed Tom Cruise. But action movies, that is not what they do, right? The action movies are a catharsis. They are, they are, you know, this is where we start. There's some trouble. Him and Rooster, there's a lot of stuff going on there. And there is a catharsis at the end. If you leave being like, that was, RRR, that was a lot of fun. Mm. You know, things turned out well in the end. That was great. We have enough of look. I watch a lot of murder shows. There is enough darkness and noir, and even in the real world, right? Sometimes we just like to watch videos of puppies and babies becoming friends. That is okay. <laughs> um, and I think that's one of the reasons why this film made so much money. Do you know how much money this movie made? Um. And- in, on a budget of 170 million, like it made a billion easy, right? One billion four hundred, sorry, one point four hundred ninety-three billion worldwide. It was the second highest-grossing film of 2022. What was the highest-grossing one? And the highest-grossing film of Cruz's career. So I think people uh, just wanted a fun... highest-grossing film of 2022 was probably Avatar. Oh yeah, I guess. <laughs> I haven't seen it. If it doesn't say the last airbender at the uh, second part of it, I'm probably not going to go see it. Get Um, fucked. So, yeah, like I think people just wanted a fun action film that wasn't going to devastate them. Right? Like, not all movies need to 
be contenders for best film of the year according to the, the Oscars, right? Like, like, and like you said, it's it's an action movie, but it's not a dumb action movie. It's not like an eighty style action movie. It's not even an eighty style action movie like the original Top Gun was an eighties action style movie. Like it's 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 that it's more of that thing you liked, but kind of retooled and polished up for you know a twenty twenty two audience. And for that, it's like an eight for me. I think I was just like a, a nine for me. I just had so much fun. And like I didn't expect to have that much fun. And I had so much fun. I've rewatched some of the battles because that's how much fun I had. Um, so yeah. I think if you are a fan of action films, definitely go see it. Um, and yes, Tom Cruise is charming. The rest of the cast is great. Bob... Shout out to Bob. Shout out to Bob. Um, yeah, I just it was a lot of fun. I think that's kind of all there is to it. And that's what March Madness is about. Crazy <laughs> fun and just crazy action. And we will keep bringing it to you, but not next week, y'all. Nope. Caitlin's got some commitments. I've got crazy wedding action, but not mine this time. As I mentioned, sister-in-law's bachelor party, sister-in-law's wedding. Um, very excited. Um, yeah, just, yeah, super excited about all of that. But unfortunately, that means that I will not be available to podcast. So we know you're disappointed. You know that sucks to have to go a week without. But friends, if you come back in two weeks, you may get an in-person episode. (gasps) I don't want to get too excited about it. You know, I don't want to get too, let's not get too far on there. Like... (laughs) May not have the, the cut off in the middle, just like so not the want, whole thing. I mean, not to, might be in, might be in person, maybe a little bit. Maybe don't just get too excited. I mean, it could not happen. That's we live far enough away that anything can. Ha- we have another thunder snowstorm. Yeah, all we need is for another thunder snow to hit, and it's just like it's a wrap. But we we may end up trying it. Bear with us for next week and the week after. We may very well be in person for. I guess God, it'll be my pick. I'll have to find what's the most batshit. Yeah action-based anime i can find i gotta look that up <laughs> oh i can't wait to get all the boobs I mm. maybe it won't have any what what <laughs> we all know that's of ridiculous course, of course it's gonna have boobs <laughs> why is it always have boobs all the time uh, I don't know what the boob quotient will be on that, but we'll we'll find out next week. Friends, thank you for spending an hour and change with us every week. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and I hope you will join us, not next week, but the week after, for another fantastic March Madnessy episode of the Geek Down Podcast. We have to do the clap. Oh my god, Jesus. Uh, you started this. Finish it. Alright. On the one, three, two. What do you. Stop fucking with your you, headphones. You. I am. I am. You pay attention to yourself. Don't know me. I would love to, but I can't when all I can hear is. I will have it sorted out in time, okay?
You good? Yes. Why do you sound a million miles oh away? Oh my now? god, just clap. God fucking damn it.